All right. Amen. Don't get mad at me. He said to preach. All right. Luke 11, verse number 14. I'm going to read a few verses and uh, we'll lay some groundwork. I'm usually just preaching my way through a text. But uh, tonight I want to use this maybe as a jumping point and develop a thought that we find through the word of God. The Bible said, and he was casting, verse 14, Luke 11, 14, and he was casting out a devil and it was dumb. And it came to pass, when the devil was gone out, the dumb spake and the people wondered. But some of them said, he casteth out devils through Beelzebub, the chief of the devils. And others, tempting him, sought of him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And uh, a house divided against a house falleth. If Satan also be divided against himself, how shall his kingdom stand? Because ye say that I cast out devils through Beelzebub. And if I by Beelzebub cast out devils by whom do your sons cast them out, therefore shall they be your judges. Now there's a lot of truths that we could deal with tonight in these verses. I'm interested in verse number 20 and I want you to pay close attention to it because Christ is about to enlighten them on how he does what he does. This miracle that has just taken place, he's about ready to shed some light on it and let them in on this thing that is a mystery and a secret to them. Notice what he said. He said, but if I with the finger of God, notice that phrase, cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God is come upon you. I want to read another verse to you if you want to find it in Matthew chapter number 12. Matthew chapter number 12 and in verse number 28 you'll find the parallel verse. Matthew's record of what Luke pinned down in Luke eleven twenty. Matthew said that Christ said, But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. I'm preaching tonight on this thought, the finger of God. You can be seated. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we sure do need you tonight. Lord, if ever I've needed you, I need you tonight. Lord, I do thank you, Lord, for the time of prayer we had a little while ago. Lord, what we felt in our soul. And Lord, we're thankful for the good singing. And Lord, fellowship we've already had. Lord, what a blessing it's been already to be in the house of the Lord. Lord, it's our lot and our time to exercise the call that you put upon our life. Lord, I need your help tonight. I pray you'd touch me tonight. I pray you'd let me be filled tonight with that power that comes from heaven. Lord, you know the burden of my heart to be an encouragement and a blessing the children of God. Lord, I can't do that without you. And I pray as we make much of you and your word and what you do for us. Lord, would you move in this service and congregation tonight. And then, Lord, that sinner that, Lord, maybe is here tonight near hell that in sin and away from God, I pray this evening, may the Spirit of the Lord, Lord, deal with them tonight and draw them to a Savior that can change their life. 
Lord, I pray tonight would be a life-changing meeting, Lord, for them. Lord, we promise one more time, everything you do in this service tonight, seen or unseen, Lord, we'll, uh, we'll give you the honor and the glory and the praise for it all. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. In verse number 14, the statement is simply made that the Lord was uh, casting out a devil. He wasn't trying to cast it out. He wasn't hoping to cast it out. Uh, the Bible said that he was just uh, casting a devil out of uh, this individual. And so we understand that it came to pass when the devil was gone out at the dumb began to speak and there's several responses in this text as to what the Lord has done in this miracle. There's some brother Caleb that stand back and they wonder and they're in amazement as to what their eyes have just been witness to. They can't believe such a thing has taken place. And they stand there almost dumbfounded at uh, the power that Christ has just exhibited uh, in this miracle. And yet there's another crowd that I believe is doubtful in there. Uh, standing there with questions and trying to reason it out and trying to uh, figure out how such a thing could be. And uh, evidently the Lord understands what they're thinking according to verse 17, uh, that he knowing their thoughts said unto them. And the Lord in verse 17 and 18 and 19 begins uh, to uncover, my friend, the, uh, the problems they have with these questions that have been raised. And a lot of things I'd like to say I'll skip over tonight. Uh, but the Lord, uh, the Lord says in verse number 20, I'm going to tell you how this is just taking place. Uh, what you have seen is an exercise. It is a, a manifestation. It is a touch from uh, the finger of God that has just been exhibited. And uh, that tells me a lot of things tonight that, amen, Christ, he didn't have to exercise uh, all his power. Uh, he just simply had to lift his finger and uh, deal with the devil. And uh, I'm glad our God does have all power tonight. Amen. They can deal with the devil and uh, deal with their problems just by simply uh, lifting his finger. And so the Lord says, I want you to understand uh, that this has been done by the finger of God. Now in Matthew's record, it's interesting that it is recorded to you and I uh, in our King James Bible inspired and preserved it. And the Spirit of God had Matthew pin it down uh, that the Lord said he did this by the Spirit of God. And the liberal would rise up today and say, oh, I see there, uh, there is an error and a discrepancy in your King James Bible. Uh, can I say nothing can be further from the truth tonight? This is no error. This is no uh, problem tonight. It's just simply, amen, the, the word of God is shedding light on who the finger of God is. 
Amen. That Trask could say it was by the Spirit of God or that it was by the finger of God means that they are one and the same. And when the finger of God is moving, it is a um, friend, a, a emblem, a type, a picture to you and add of the Spirit of God and His ministry in our life. Uh, now, over the last year at our church, we've been preaching through uh, some symbols of the Spirit of God. And we understand there's a lot of them in the Word of God. And we've enjoyed uh, studying and preaching those things and learning about the Spirit of the Lord and the necessity and the importance of and I mean, I mean, I've learned we can't make it without uh, the Spirit of God. Even in these days, that uh, Baptists have been scared to deal with the Spirit of the Lord. Death, uh, afraid to be called charismatic. We're not charismatic tonight. Hey, man, we just understand that the Savior went back to heaven, and He said, "I'm not going to leave you comfortless." Hey, man, He said, "I'm going to send you a friend." Death. And he's going to help lead you and guide you into all truth. And the Word of God's got a lot of types and pictures that illustrate this ministry of the Holy Spirit of God. One of those we find in our text verses is that he is symboled as the finger. Uh, he is symboled as the finger. And so I'm preaching an eight. And there's no way I'll get to all of this. I done preached three uh, services at our place and we still ain't done. Uh, but I want to share a few things with you tonight that I feel like uh, that the Lord's laid on my heart for this service and for you and I tonight about the Spirit of God and being the finger of God. What is the Lord teaching you and I about the Spirit of God being the finger? I think the idea that Christ is here conveying is that the Holy Spirit was indeed moving and he was working, my friend, in this miracle. Uh, that Christ is saying that uh, there was a great power that was accomplishing uh, some great things. Uh, and so the finger of God teaches you and I uh, that, my friend, it's not the power of the flesh it's not the power of our intellect. It's not the power of our association, Seth. Uh, but rather it is the power and the moving of the Holy Spirit of God that we desperately need uh, in uh, this day and this hour, Seth. I don't mean to be mean tonight, Seth. Uh, the average Christian and the average church tonight is getting their brains beat out by the devil, Seth. And they're always defeated, uh, uh, they're always down, uh, and they're always some uh, friend failing. Yet, uh, uh, can I say that we need it? Uh, Amen. An old time moving and uh, working of the Spirit of God in our lives again. Uh, oh, that we would be touched by it. Of the finger of God. And when I began to think about this, Seth, and I'm trying to get the preaching gear tonight, you pray for me. Amen. But I, I was thinking some time ago about the finger and how does the finger 
assembled to you and have the Holy Spirit. How does that deal with his ministry and his work in our lives? And the more I thought, the more observations the Lord began to give me. I began to think on this. There is what I call of the perception of the finger. I began to study the finger and I found that the finger possesses of the highest concentration of touch receptors set for sensitivity to sensation. I mean, in all the skin that's on your body, my friend, in the tip of your finger, amen, God has placed more touch receptors uh, with the finger you can tell and perceive uh, with your eyes closed if something's rough or if something's smooth uh, you can tell my friend with the touch of a finger uh, if something is hot or if uh, something is uh, cold uh, I began to think about the perception of the finger uh, you know the finger can detect uh, life in a body yet uh, if we've got any nurses or doctors in the building yet? Hey Amen. When you go to the doctor, what do they do? Hey Amen. When they check your pulse, they put their finger yet. Hey Amen. In them areas where yet, there's supposed to be evidence for life yet. And then your bad finger yet uh, perceives if there's life yet, and there ought to be life yet. And I say tonight, I see the work of the Holy Ghost yet. Amen, he's the one that, amen, that my friend can lay his finger on us. Amen, he knows if you're hot or cold. Amen, he knows where you've been smoothed down. And he knows where the rough edges are. And he knows if you got life in you tonight. Amen, it is the perception of the finger. And you may fool the preacher. And you may fool the church, yet. amen, and you may jump in the choir and act the part, yet. amen, but can I say the Holy Ghost, yet. he is the finger of God, yet. amen, and though you fool the preacher, yet. and though you fool your mama and your daddy, yet. amen, the finger, yet. amen, perceives it, and is sensitive, yet. everything going on in their life. Yeah, man, I ain't never fooled him. Yet. I ain't never got bad with anything from him. Yet. Hey man, when I'm a dying out, he knows it. Hey man, when I'm cold and lukewarm, he knows it. Hey man, when I ain't what I ought to be yet. Hey man, God with his finger. Hey man, places it on my leg and he perceives what our need is. The perception of the finger. Amen. Notice with me, I began to think about this in my study, and I found there is what I call uh, the partnering of uh, the finger. You know what I found interesting? Is that in your finger, your fingers, amen, that they have no muscles, uh, my friend, in your finger. At your finger, the way that it moves is that hey, you can do this for yourself tonight. Hey, Amen. You can take your left hand, place it on the forearm 
of your right arm and begin to move your fingers, sit, and you'll feel there's muscles moving in there. And my friend, move up through the hand, sit. And my friend, the way the finger moves tonight is that it's in partnership with the arm and the hand. A finger don't do its own thing. Amen. The finger, my friend, must uh, operate by, amen, what the arm and the hand says, Seth. That's our problem tonight with the charismatic, Seth. They think the Holy Ghost running around doing its own thing. And my friend running around going contrary to what God the Son said. And my friend, I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost ain't ever done anything outside. And my friend, a partnership with the Father and the Son. You say, well, the Holy Ghost is leading me. Amen. To leave this church and go down to a liberal church down the road. I doubt the Father and the Son's behind that. And if they ain't behind it, I promise you the Holy Ghost ain't. Yeah, man, we got a crowd in our day want to live in sin and think they got a license to sin and the Holy Ghost ain't made them feel bad about it. Yet. Uh, can I remind you the Father and the Son have already given their word yet, and the Spirit of God moves in operation and in partnership yet, amen, with what the Word of God has to say. The perception of the finger they Amen, the partnering of the finger. Amen, moving on quickly tonight. I began to think, study some more. And an observation I made, I called it the pointing of the finger. And I began to think about the finger in my own life. Uh, as uh, once being a boy and now uh, as a daddy having and I am raising six children. And my friend, you know what you can do with your finger? Amen, in a great big old crowd. Amen, you can get your finger out and I can point it, Brother Jerry, death, and never call his name, death, and he can be talking to Brother Keith, death, and, and somehow, my friend, out of the, amen, out of his peripheral vision, he'll see a finger doing this right here. Amen, and he'll look and he'll, he'll go something like this. And I'll go, yeah. Amen. You know what I've just done? With the pointing of the finger. Amen. You can get one's attention out of a crowd. Amen. You can get one to focus in. Yeah, and draw them into your attention. Yeah, and then without saying a word. Yeah, amen. Pointing again to Brother Jerry. Yeah, I can say this right here. Yeah, and he knows I'm giving direction. Amen. With the pointing of the finger. Yeah, amen. You remember the day that the Holy Ghost pointed you out of a crowd? Amen, you walked in there, amen, old time service set, and you was minding your own business set, and somewhere in the middle of all that, there, the Holy Ghost began to point it. Amen, there, amen, you thought it's a preacher pointing it, but it's the Holy Ghost getting your attention, and it's a doing this, it's a doing this, set, and pointing you to Christ, set, amen, I'm glad. And the Spirit of God points us out. Amen. The pointing of the finger. Amen. I'm glad. I'm glad he pointed me out one day. Amen. Nobody knew my shape. Nobody knew the condition I was in. Brother Morgan, nobody knew my name. 
and I'm glad out of the billions, Seth, and billions that were alive, and he got my attention one day and gave me direction to get to Christ. Amen. The pointing of the finger. Amen. You say, well, I don't know if that's ever happened, and I promise you it ain't ever happened. Amen, how in the world, amen, can somebody like him point out somebody like you and you not know it, friend? I'm glad he pointed me out and he gave me direction one day. You know what he's been doing since that day? He still points me out and he still gives me direction. That's what he's doing last night. And that, that dear man of God was up preaching Amen, you say, I don't like how that preacher pointed me out. It wasn't the preacher you got a problem with. He ain't your problem, and he ain't your problem. I ain't your problem. Your problem is you don't like the pointing with the Holy Ghost goes pointing it out. I watch them when I get preaching. I'm talking about folk. I'm talking about folks say they're saved and say God pointed them out one day and directed them to Christ. And, and buddy, long as you preaching on everybody else's youngins, long as you dealing with everybody else's issues, amen, preacher, preach on, preach on till you get in their tater patch. Then all of a sudden they got a problem. Now all of a sudden the preacher's being too mean. Now all of a sudden the preacher does pointed them and their little darling out and now they're going to go home and bow up and get mad. I promise you tonight, amen, your problem, eh, that the preacher pointed it out. It said the Holy Ghost pointed it out. Amen. Can I go on record tonight and say, amen, I'm glad he's been pointing. I'd be in a mess tonight had he let me to myself. I'm glad he's the finger of God and he don't leave us alone. Hey man, you walked in tonight. Hey man, and you think nobody knows your issue? I'm telling you the Holy Ghost, he'll point you out tonight. He'll point you out, he'll point you out. Hey man, and he'll give you direction to get right with Almighty God. Amen. That felt good right there. Feel like backing up and preaching her again. Amen. Think Brother Jones called it hitting a stump. Amen. 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 The perception of the finger. And we see the pointing of the finger. Amen. I'm glad today for the finger of God. Let me give you another one. Amen. I call it the print of the finger. Every, every digit on your hand, every finger on your hand has a unique, one-of-a-kind mark on it that we can tell, amen, what crime scene you is at. Somebody say amen. We can tell where you've been by, amen, doing some forensic evidence, amen, and pull some... Uh, Amen, pull some prints. You know that thing some of y'all got down at the courthouse tonight. Amen, that, amen, down there some of y'all got saved. 
Amen. Tucked away in a foul long ago. Amen. They've got your, they got your, your prince on foul. We can tell where you've been. We can tell where you've lived. We can tell what you've enjoyed by where the fingers touched. I'm going to tell you today, there's a lot of folk this evening claiming to have the touch of God on them, but the only problem is there ain't no print, there ain't no mark of God. If he's ever touched you, you listen good and well what I'm going to say today. And if he's ever touched you, you won't need a lapel pin that says I'm a Christian. You won't need a t-shirt that says you know him. Praise God. Amen. His touch. Amen. His evidence by the print of God he leaves behind. Amen. That's right. I'm glad I know his touch. I'm glad you can't fake it, by the way. I'm glad I know his touch. I'm glad he put his mark on my leg. I'm glad I've been printed, Dad. I'm glad there's some evidence that God touched me one day. Amen. Amen. The print of the finger. Amen, you know, amen, you know if you've ever been marked, you know when you get around somebody got that mark on them. (laughs) Amen. There's just something about some folk, you get around them and you go, he's a Christian. And he ain't told you he's one. He ain't bragged that he's one. He ain't spent 15 minutes trying to make excuses for why he's a poor one. They just something in him. They just something on him. They just some identifying unique mark that says he belongs to God. I believe that's right. Brother Billy Mitchell would say, I believe that's right. I believe that's right tonight. Amen. Lord, I got too much to get to. I got more. Let me give you a thought and I'm done. When you, that's easy for you to say. When you're the young preacher and the man of God's coming, you want to get out the way. I want to give you a little thought and there's no way we can run through all the Bible tonight about the finger of God. I found it interesting when I began to study the finger of Jones in light of it being a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Do you know what book of the Bible mentions the finger more than any other book of the Bible? It's the book of Leviticus. You say, that's boring. Well, hang on a minute. Over and over and over And over again, all through the book of Leviticus, God said that high priest with his finger is going to bring the blood of the sprinkling for the cleansing of sin. The transaction for forgiveness of sin involved a finger applying the reality of the blood that had been shed. I'm about to run, Brother Shane. 
Say, what are you saying? I'm saying your mama didn't forgive you and your preacher didn't forgive you. Somewhere in your life, if you're saved and born again today, the reason you're saved is, hey man, you came to Christ for forgiveness, said, for cleansing of sin, said, and it was he, the Holy Ghost, said, and said and wrought a work of regeneration and renewing and washing of the Holy Ghost, Paul said, and Titus 3, and made the, uh, that made the forgiveness of sin and salvation a reality in our life. You, you say, well, well, the Holy Ghost wasn't around. I come down and said a prayer, and I repeated after what somebody told me to say, and I'm saying, you listen to me. Amen. The Holy Ghost didn't appropriate. Amen. The blood and forgiveness, said, and repentance and faith, and you've never been born again. I'm glad, I'm glad all those have ever come to Christ for salvation. I'm glad the finger of God has been able, amen, to make the blood real and make forgiveness real and make salvation real. I'm glad I got something real tonight. I found in my study now this matter of the finger of God. I'll give you this and I'm done that the very first mention of the finger of God in your King James Bible is in the book of Exodus chapter number 8. It surrounds the events of the third plague that God sent upon the land of Egypt. The Lord said to Aaron, stretch out your rod and smite the dust. Exodus 8 Verse 16, Aaron did what God said. Now listen now, and immediately up out of that dust came lice that invaded all the land. Now I read now, uh, Mr. Pink said, reading behind him, he said them Egyptians, they were, they were paranoid in their religious system. They were paranoid about being clean and about not having any kind of vermin or pests upon them. And they would shave their entire bodies no less than every three days. They didn't want any vermin. And God had air and smacked the dust to the ground. And that, that dirt became lice. And your King James Bible said, now we believe every word, don't we? Your King James Bible didn't say there was, there was lice on man and beast, it said it was in man and beast. Why? Because man's made out of dust. I'm a god somewhere. Now on plague number one and two, Pharaoh called his magicians in and they was able to replicate turning the water into blood and replicate the plague of the frogs. And so Pharaoh brings them in, they march in, and they begin to try to prophesy and do their miracle uh, power by the powers of hell. And they failed. They couldn't duplicate what happened in plague number three. In fact, you never see them musicians, those uh, musicians, those magicians. Amen. Over the next seven plagues, it comes. 
Are y'all with me? I'm going somewhere. They turned to Pharaoh and here's what they said. Exodus 8, 19. You can look at it. I ain't lying to you, brother. They said, this is the finger of God. They said, we cannot duplicate this. We cannot, we cannot overcome this. Our religion cannot, uh, cannot deal with what this miracle that is just taking place and what it represents. You see the dust, amen, the dust is what God cursed when man fell. It was the dust that was cursed. It was the ground that was cursed for man's sake. And when God let them last come out, it is a testimony of the condemnation that is on man. And the finger of God was working in Egypt. Amen. Pointing out. Amen. That's your wicked. And there's nothing good in you. And it's all vile. And it doesn't matter what religious system you cling to. Amen. Your religion has not covered the corruption that's in you. Can I say I remember the day when the finger of God, amen, smote this old piece of dust and began to reveal how vile I was on the inside. Amen, that conviction and that condemnation. And it didn't matter that my daddy was a preacher. It didn't matter that my mama drug me to church. It didn't matter who my papa and my mama was. And I was under condemnation. You may have walked in and that and think you're okay. Can I tell you if the finger of God ever touches you, you'll see how vile and wicked you really are. That's the first mention of the finger of God and, and don't forget that it involves dust. The last mention of the finger of God, now y'all believe Jesus is God, don't you? The last reference or pointing to the finger of God is in John chapter 8. There's a woman taken in the very act of adultery wicked to the core, eat up with the lash of sin and corruption, taken in the very act. <laughs> and that old crowd gathered around the Lord that day. They said, Moses said, she ought to be stoned. What do you say? Lord said, have at it. You without sin cast the first stone. They began to try to reason with him, and he didn't even pay them any mind. The Bible said he stooped down and with his finger began to write on the ground. Down in the dust. Down in the dirt. I'm trying to make it connect now. Y'all pray for me. Somebody said, well, what did he write? Well... I mean, we can debate it. You go home, read Jeremiah 17. I think you'll find out probably what he wrote. Amen. But the longer he wrote one by one, that crowd started disappearing until there was no more accusers. Here's what the Lord said. He said, woman, where are thine accusers? She was down in the dirt, sorry for her sin. 
feeling the condemnation that was on her. The finger of God had done pointed her out and caught her red-handed. There she is, guilty before the one who is altogether holy that, that can throw her into eternal judgment. There in the ground and there a speck of dirt and a speck of dust. In the dust, the finger of God had just wrote, my friend, her pardon. He looked at her and said, she said, well, there are none. He said, neither do I condemn thee. Amen. Go and sin no more. We can argue about what that finger wrote, but I know when that finger got done writing, praise God, there wasn't condemnation anymore. There was salvation. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. She got saved from her sin. She got saved from her sin. God saved her from her corruption. God made a change in her life. Somebody said, I'm saved from hell. Thank God if you're really saved, you are. But if you ain't ever been saved from sin, I promise you, you are not saved from hell. God saved me, saved me from my sin. I ain't perfect and I ain't. And I ain't telling you, buddy, I've done everything right these 22 years of being saved. And there's some things I'm ashamed of. And there's some ways maybe I've been and ways I've fought and I shouldn't have it. I'm telling you, when the Lord saved me, that finger of God did a work of salvation. And when I got up, praise God, I was saved from my sin. I was a brand new man. I was changed, 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 death. A finger of God set me free, yeah. Amen, Jesus said, go and sin no more. So the first mention of the finger of God, there's condemnation. That's where every one of us was born. Praise God, I'm telling you, the finger of God can bring you down, put you in the ground and in the dirt. Write your pardon and write your salvation. You can go home tonight not under condemnation, but under salvation. And I promise you if it happens, it'll be a work of the finger of God. There's a whole lot more in that book about it. You go home, study it for yourself. Amen. And you'll come to the same conclusion I did. Thank God for the Holy Spirit of God. Preacher, I'm done. Heavenly Father, thank you tonight. Lord, for the Spirit of the Lord. Thank you.